This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. Galvanized by a statewide landscape scan revealing deep concern for the future of Maine's young people, the board of the Emmanuel and Pauline A. Lerner Foundation stopped everything the foundation was doing. It shifted from a portfolio of annual grants to a laser-focused multi-year commitment to a cohort of groups to raise youth aspirations. Not only did the foundation focus deeply, the Learner board and staff invested their own time in building relationships with grantee partners. The Learner Foundation recognized that investing personally in relationships aligned with its values, but also this was fundamental to achieving its desired impact. These relationships with its partners built by listening, capacity building, community building, and a commitment for six years, model the kind of relationships the foundation wanted its partners to develop with the young people they serve. In other words, if the aspirations youth model was to work, the foundation itself had to be the exemplar from the beginning. In this two-part podcast, Executive Director Don Carpenter explains the Aspirations Incubator model and how the model inspired the Lerner Foundation to transform its philanthropy. To really understand the, the why behind the Aspirations Incubator, the audience first has to understand that Maine is the, is the nation's most rural state with more than 60% of the population considered rural. So we have about 52% of all college age, uh, school age students growing up in rural communities of Maine. So what's interesting about that is that when you really get down into the numbers, um, on a national level, 42% of people ages 18 to 24 are are enrolled in higher education. Uh, nationally, but only 29% of rural people are. And so that's why we decided that we really needed to do something. Um, Fewer than one in five rural students age 25 and older have college degrees. In terms of the percent of population in Maine that's 25 years of age or older uh, who have a bachelor's degree or higher, Maine is at 32%. It's the lowest state in the New England area. And Massachusetts leads the list at 44%. So we're 12% um, lower than that. So we really wanted to take a big bet. And the Aspirations Incubator is our big bet in terms of 
uh, again, taking all those resources that we have left at the foundation and putting them towards how do we do this? How do we raise post-secondary aspirations for young people growing up in Maine? Along the way, we changed our approach to grant making and developed a pilot initiative uh, to adapt a successful youth mentoring model uh, in five other rural communities of Maine, and at the same time committed to an independent evaluation to learn what works to raise rural, rural youth aspirations, and that's why we call it an incubator. So the Aspirations Incubator is designed really to raise aspirations and cultivate resiliency. And we do that by connecting young people to caring adults and peer mentors. And not in a one-off kind of way. We're uh, connecting them to caring adults and peer mentors over a six-year period. So the unique thing about the intervention that we're putting into place in these rural communities is that we're putting a life on a life over the course of a young person's uh, adolescence from seventh grade to 12th grade. And we're surrounding them with as many caring adults as possible. And at the same time, introducing them to the diversity of life that exists outside their own home community through travel and experiential education. We're doing that through social emotional development and cultivating the inherent strengths that are already there. We're doing that through uh, college career readiness, activities, opportunities, again, traveling to college campuses, things of that nature. And um, we're, we're doing that also through um, using data, um, various data points along the way that help inform and instruct what we do uh, with young people. Um, and so our theory of change is that if we can, again, put a life on a life, uh, go deep in terms of putting, uh, focusing on relationships in the lives of middle school and high school students, over a course of a six-year journey and expose them to as many opportunities as possible as a way for them to get in touch with their own why, then we believe that uh, higher aspirations will take place um, in terms of students that will be college going and ultimately will persist through um, you know, two-year, four-year, um, and perhaps even beyond degrees. I had a, a very unique opportunity to lead a nonprofit, create a nonprofit um, a couple times over, uh, over the last um, 30 plus years. And in Maine, I had created a nonprofit, um, a youth development organization that uh, I led for 17 years. And so I had a fairly good understanding of the, the philanthropic landscape of Maine because I had to raise money, of course, all the time. Um, and I decided one day that I wanted to have a broader impact on the state of Maine. And uh, even though I was um, 
you know, a co-founder of the organization. I just, I felt it was time. Um, It was interesting, perhaps serendipitous, that uh, at the same time, the Learner Foundation was doing a uh, landscape scan on youth development models that were moving the needle on raising aspirations, um, who had good, uh, really good track record. And that they landed on the model that um, I helped create. And so they invited me to, knew, found out I was leaving um, the organization and invited me to join them in our attempt to scale um, the model, the idea into other communities. I was um, personally uh, had, had, you know, a lot of interaction with foundations, uh, some of them positive and some of them really, really challenging um, being on that other side of the equation. And my own personal values um, are deeply rooted in relationship first approach. And that is not something that I would describe most foundations being. Um, I also, um, uh, my own personal values are deeply rooted in long-term engagement of those relationships, which is not another thing that uh, a value that many foundations have in place where they are um, having a long-term relationship with a particular grantee. Um, And so from that perspective, uh, I was a bit dubious, even though I was uh, inspired by the initial um, conversation with the Learner Foundation's board. And um, I also um, was curious about the ability to take risks in doing this. I wasn't completely sure that we would be able to um, uh, scale what we were talking about in the amount of time that the board um, was thinking. And in terms of creating an incubator, um, failure is a big part of learning and growth in um, all work, but in an incubator, it, it, it's almost a must if you're creating it correctly. And so I really sat down with the president, his name's Elliot Cutler, and I just asked him, um, was he okay with failure? You know, if we got into this and um, was, was he risk adverse? And he basically said, no, he understood. He was willing to take the risk and he understood failure was an option. And for that, for me, was a big part of it. This led to a number of conversations about extending the grant cycle. It was originally going to be four years and and we got uh, the board to approve four years. It was originally going to be a small number of grantees and it ended up being a bigger number. Um, basically, what we were trying to um, trying to, I was trying to ascertain was whether or not this foundation could move from being transactional in its grant making to being deeply relational in its grant making. Um, instead of having four different um, requests for proposal uh, quarterly, um, you know, cycles, uh, this was going to be one for six years. And that meant 
really getting their hands dirty around just everything that comes with having a, you know, being in relationship with anybody for six year period, let alone when there's money involved and um, students' lives involved and that sort of thing. And I, I honestly can't give the uh, group of people who make up this board uh, enough credit for their ability to make that shift and pretty much on a dime. Basically taking a group of, instead of students, we're taking a group of organizations, we're, in, we're um, empowering them, we're providing them capacity building grants, we're providing them um, everything that they need over the course of six years to be successful. And in the midst of that, we're building deep relationships with them. Um, we're taking them to lunch. We're showing up and meeting with board members, their boards. And then we're showing up and meeting with um, executive uh, leaders of their organizations, their volunteers, you know, in the same way that our, our partners are building relationships with grandparents and uncles and gym teachers and coaches and um, principals and everybody else that is surrounding these students over the course of that six years. We're doing the same thing just on a different level as a way to model how, um, how it works. In the end, money in this sense certainly does a lot of good things. It makes the world go round in some ways. But it's the relationships built within this grant program that is going to be at the heart and soul of what comes next post the pilot um, for these um, uh, sites. We believe that. And um, so we just decided to go all in and trying to model how important those relationships are. Our podcast with Don Carpenter of the Lerner Foundation continues in part two. Please join us. Look for new catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Roo does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The catalytic podcast is made possible by grants from two exponent members the 1772 Foundation, and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.